Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the official podcast of Show Unit, Black from the Wood, the Wood Stand. This is our final podcast of the show, um, last day today. And we've heard from a range of industry experts on an array of topics um, across the week, including decarbonisation, energy security, carbon capture, hydrogen, and a lot more. Um, but we're closing the week with one of the most important topics. Um, and I think it's been spoken about a lot throughout throughout the week. I've certainly heard a lot about um, keep the need for people and skills and um, big piece of the puzzle um, for everything that we're doing especially around energy security, delivering that energy transition and our journey to net zero. We can't achieve any of that without people and skills. So I'm delighted uh, to welcome um, our participants today. I've got Caroline McMurray, Senior Resourcing Manager at Wood, and Faye Sheriffs, Vice President, Energy Transition at Apito, um, the Global Safety and Skills Body for the Energy Industry. So welcome both. Thank you, Rabba. Thank you. Both experts in your field. Um, so I'm sure there'll be lots of insights on um, upskilling the workforce and what, what it is we need to deliver that accelerated energy transition. So set the scene a bit for our, our listeners today. Um, it's estimated in the UK at the moment that the energy industry supports over 200,000 uh, jobs with more coming. But those jobs are changing. Um, but we also, as part of, I guess, the the road to net zero and that energy transition is we need to retain the skills that we've got. We need that current workforce. They are a hundred percent needed as we continue that journey through. And um, so, what do we need to do, or what what can the industry do to retain those skills and and the workforce that we've got? Caroline, I'll come to you first. So, I guess it's a really exciting time to be part of our industry. You know, the, the levels of growth we're experiencing, I guess, especially over the last twelve months, has been pretty phenomenal. Um, you know, and looking forward, I guess our industry needs to know what part they play, you know, in the, yeah. in, in the energy transition moving forward. Um, you hear a lot about people being maybe being a bit nervous about where their skills, how they will transition and, you know, how the future may look. So we really need to be now investing in our people and making sure that they are, you know, understand the part they're going to play. They can see, you know, the roles that they're going to put, I guess, into you know, and I guess, you know, we need to invest a lot in training. We need our leadership to teams to understand, you know, that they need that investment and to make that very clear so that everybody in organisations know what future they have. And and I guess in terms of skills, it doesn't necessarily need to be going out and learning lots of new things. I guess it's having a growth mindset, you know, having, you know, the, the interest to, to, to learn and be able to kind of cope with change, which we're also here to kind of support with that. So I think it's a really exciting time, you know. Yeah, and I would fully agree with Caroline. And I think as well, we've all kind of adjusted to the fact that there's real clear natural transferability of skills. Um, and I think, you know, safety has to stay at the core of everything we do, but we need to make it a just managed transition so that individuals know where they can see themselves in the future. Absolutely. Um, and I guess... Part of that, and I guess you kind of touched on it there, that kind of agility, the mobility of the workforce. So people that are, are working in oil and gas, for example, right now, they're looking for to the future. What what does that future look like? Um, will they be able to use their skills in hydrogen or carbon capture, for example? So I've heard I've heard that term a lot this week. What is, you know, people talking about a mobile workforce? What does that mean to you guys? Say, I'll come to you. Yeah, and I think it's important, you know, I think it's very clear this week that we've heard we're an integrated energy industry. 
We've got traditional oil and gas companies moving into, you know, net zero projects. And at the heart of all that is people. So we need to make sure that they've got the right skill sets uh, and the right training to be able to move with the transition as well. And I think, you know, the qualification landscape is complex. We've got multiple training standards. We need alignment. And and for our for our industry, that's a huge achievement, you know, uh, part of the North Sea transition deal, you know, that commitment that industry's made. Um, but Peter are leading on the, the integrated people and skills strategy. Um, and it, it's so important that we have people at the centre of everything that we're doing there in order that we have that mobility for companies like Wood to be able to move people between projects and, and maximise, you know, how they're utilising their, their resources. Yeah. And, and I think for us as a company, that's really, really key. So we recruit people in. We want them to feel that they're coming in and this is a career, you know, that they are going to have, you know, through all the different kind of stages of the transition. And if we look at our offshore resource, you know, to have, you know, someone who comes in and works on, off, on one of our platforms, if they have certain certifications they need to do, but then they need to go and do all new certifications to do a similar job within a you know, within something that's more focused on the energy transition. We need to make that easier for people. And I think that's part of what uh, yeah. Peter are trying to do. And we've got the skills passport. Yeah to allow people to be able to more freely move around. Yeah, and I think that's, that, that you know, going back about that natural transferability, you know, when we, we look at the engineering disciplines, um, we need to, we've got a competent workforce. We've got, you know, over 200,000 people that are working in oil and gas directly or indirectly. Um, and we need to take that, we need to recognise that as well. And I think industries kind of come into that yeah. um, understanding now as well. And I think, you know, um, for, for us as a company, we definitely take our individuals in and then look for where we can give them exposure across multiple projects. You know, and again, as I mentioned earlier, it's not that you have to go and retrain and, you know, change all your skill set. It's just maybe adapting to new technologies that are coming in, understanding sometimes just the terminology of what the different projects sound. And it can sound a bit scary, but actually, you know, we it's probably not as hard as people think and we speak about this. I guess, is it a myth that there's a huge skills gap? But is there? You know, really, I think there's a lot we can do, actually, to support people coming through. It doesn't have to be a, a, a great big retraining kind of exercise. And I think we've got some good examples of it, and, and we will as well. But, um, you know, one of our um, energy influencers, he's a petroleum engineer, and he's now transitioned and working in, uh, on the ACORD and CCS project that's obviously just got their track to status approved. So that's an example of where transferability can happen. And I think if you look at some of our OGTAP apprentices who are further on in their careers, they're already transitioning. We've got um, electrical disciplines moving from offshore into onshore wind, into refineries. So I think that's going to be common landscape as we move forward. And Yeah, and those kinds of examples are what we need to be promoting out to the wider public because that's the, you know, th- th- this is happening, it's real. People are coming in, potentially, like you say, into oil and gas, but they're utilizing those skills, their experience and moving into other areas of the industry. I guess that kind of ties us nicely on to the need to inspire. So as much as we've got this workforce and it's strong and we need to utilize that, this industry is going to be here for a very, very long time. And so we need to inspire the next generation. I guess, how are we doing that? Are we doing enough? What's your kind of take on, on that stance? So I guess timing-wise, we're going to kick off our um, early careers recruitment for next year, just within the next couple of months. And, you know, a big thing is to to take in more graduates and apprenticeships. 
Um, and, and I think we need to almost brand ourselves in the, in the right way so that you know, the, um, the early careers um, people out there understand that, you know, if you're coming and joining, you know, into the oil and gas industry just now, that actually that is a really long term career. You know, and that it is moving into lots of different areas where it's carbon capture or, or hydrogen and that companies, you know, like Wood, for example, will have all those different opportunities in there. Um, and part of it, you know, is us, I guess, working with universities and things. You need to make sure the curriculums that are being taught, you know, in the courses are, are relevant to skills that we're looking for in the future. Um, but I think, you know, there's so many great examples, you know, in the industry of where people have come in and, you know, had these great long careers and they started in one role and moved in something completely different over the next 20 years and I guess that's the kind of story that we want to be selling to them. And I, I guess looking at the My Energy Future, Future platform, the Apito run, that is trying to showcase that and that that's on a global basis. It's trying to let young people see themselves and someone understand how they got to where they are now so they can kind of start making their plans and formulate a future for themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, we've got the OGTAP scheme. It, it's still highly sought after. And I think we had over 1,500 applications for, for it and it's been running since 1999. So, you know, I think we need to keep running with these um, yep. apprenticeship programmes. Uh, like I was saying earlier, speaking to the apprentices that we had on the stand earlier this week, they all had different um, journeys of how they got onto the OGTAP apprentice uh, scheme, one of which had been to university, had done a chemical engineering degree and then is now going into the OGTAP scheme to get practical hands-on experience. So I think one of the things we need to work with with industry is that roadmap, that career journey is going to be different for every individual and we, we need to have that opportunity there depending on the individuals that how they, how they want to get into their career. And that example that you said as well about that OGTAP apprentice that had come in, I can't remember if it was processing and doing and now going and working on onshore wind, like that's yeah. such a great example. And I know that Apito invests in a lot of great initiatives, just making a couple here in Aberdeen, like the Aberdeen Science Centre. Yeah. Um, is there other things that you're doing, I guess, across the UK that you can touch on just to inspire that next generation? Yeah, so Apito um, direct investment into, into the STEM spaces is quite powerful I think there's more we can do there I think you know collaborating more with industry and kind of really pushing that but some of the great projects that, that, that we've got Small Peace Trust uh, they're delivering energy workshops uh, in schools and, and virtually and um, we work alongside Glasgow Science Centre Aberdeen Science Centre Dundee Science Centre and um, running learning lab projects so that's designed for teachers so that's building teachers confidence to deliver um, STEM-related subjects within the education setting. Um, that's all curriculum-based, um, and that's like a great project. Um, and then we've got Offshore Wind for Kids. So we've been doing tours across the UK, showing the younger generation the technology that's being used and how their skill set can help the future. Because we keep hearing about technology, that's moving at such a fast pace, uh, pace at the moment. It's a really interesting time for young people to get into our industry. So that, that's just an example of some of the investment. I think this year we'll have touched over 30,000, access 30,000 young people wow. through the different projects. Um, and it is a national programme. We don't want to just be focusing on the key hubs. You know, if you look at some of the major offshore wind programmes, they're in quite 
remote coastal locations whereby individuals maybe haven't had access to STEM initiatives. So try and, you know, cover the whole landscape um, and consistency. We need to be uh, have a consistent approach so that we're not just going in and out. We need to be constantly there. And I think that's where everyone needs to come together to deliver a clear industry message so that we're touching people's lives at the kind of right, right times um, and not losing people um, at the wrong time and then not being able to fill the gap that we all know we're, we have. Yeah. And when you're doing those sorts of initiatives and perhaps if you're, you know, I know that at Wood we go into different schools, get to career fairs, we, we talk to young people. What's their perception? Because I think there's a lot that, that there's clearly a lot that industry is doing to inspire the next generation. But I guess it's down to that storytelling piece. Are we being strong strong enough in our messaging? And when you're out and you're speaking to these people, what what's their perception? Are they keen to be coming into industry? Do they need to be told a different story? Are we doing things the right way? I, I guess, you know, in, in Abbott. I have against in Aberdeen, you know, the oil capital of Europe, you know, there's a huge amount of people in the schools here who have families, their parents have worked in the oil industry. So they've kind of grown up and, you know, expect that that's an industry they'll go into. And I think that's quite an easy market for us to approach because they don't have kind of any questions. But I guess where we have, you know, individuals who book students in, in family experiences and maybe don't know the oil industry and things here as much, that's where they maybe have... I guess, slightly different perceptions from some of the things you see in the media, you know, and things. So that's where we're having to kind of market ourselves, perhaps a little bit differently to say that these are the really exciting projects you can get involved in. You know, there's lots of other things. It's not, you know, necessarily traditional oil and gas, you know, that we have, you know, the involvement with hydrogen and I guess some of the really weird and wonderful projects, you know, that we have been involved with. And I think that's what we need to put in market. Yeah. And really absolutely just, I guess, do a bit of a different sell. And just having spoke to some of the apprentices this week, um, it was interesting how they found out about the OGTAP apprenticeship scheme. And generally speaking, it was through family yeah. friends. So I think that that we need to market that in the right way and, and to a much wider audience there. Um, because, it, it you know, it, it's a great scheme and people need to be aware of it. And Absolutely. I guess we're all messengers, right? We're all here to sell the story. Everybody that you speak to, whether it's here or Sure Europe, where you go home and tell people about it, that's how the message spreads. Yeah. Um, okay. And I think as well, we all need to stand up and be proud of what we're doing. I think that was some of the key messaging that came out um, earlier on in the week at the conference. Um, you know, we're all ambassadors, so we all need to stand up and tell our story. Absolutely. Okay. So at the end of each of our podcasts, we're asking all of our guests the same thing. Um, and this year being this 50th anniversary of Offshore Europe, the theme is accelerating the transition to a better energy future. Well, what does that mean to you? Welcome to you first. So I guess for me as a mother, um, you know, working in the oil industry, um, I want to ensure that we have, you know, a sustainable, affordable future and standard of living for my, for my children, you know, growing up. My eldest son wants to do engineering, he wants to work in the industry. And I want to ensure that whatever he goes into, that there's that longevity and that there's those different, you know, exciting projects they can get involved in. So I think it's something that, um, you know, we should really be proud of, you know, the opportunities that we are going to um, come across, but we just need to make sure we keep investing in it and keep the focus on. 
Unfortunately, my children are slightly younger, so my eldest son wants to be a professional footballer. So I've got a bit of work to do there. But I think for us, it's an exciting time to be, you know, the UK and Aberdeen, we we, we could be the leader in net zero skills. And I think we can show the rest of the world what we're doing. Um, and that's what I want us to keep pushing and, and, and try and achieve. Absolutely. And it said that, you know, it said that oil and gas is one of the UK's most precious resources, but I think it's very clear that it's our people. And no demand means no people. And without those people, there's no supply chain and no net zero. Thanks very much, both for your input. Thank you. Thank you.